Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to Wednesday Night United. It's so good to have everybody joining us tonight. Uh, We are believing God that uh, we're going to see some great things from His Word. And uh, you know the book of Psalm, chapter 119, it says, uh, uh, you know, concerning that very subject, it said, help me to see wondrous things, wondrous things from the Word of God. So that's what we're believing God uh, to do and to uh, show us tonight from the Word of God as we continue with this that we have been looking at the power in the Word. You know, we live in a time, we live in a, in a, uh, in a season in the world that we're in. Uh, just with all that's going on in the world and all that's going on uh, around us in our nation and in other places. And, you know, uh, it becomes very tempting uh, to think, you know, that everything is, uh, if we could say it this way, just falling apart. Um, And I know that uh, from a natural standpoint, uh, that is something that, uh, that we all have to stand against. But we have to stand... Um, you know, number one, on the Word of God. But we have to remember the, the things that the Lord has said to us. You know, the Lord keeps talking to me about a lightning, and, and not like a lightning, like a lightning from heaven, but a lightning, you know, that, that there's going to come a lightness uh, in, in the, the circumstances, the situations in the world, uh, in our nation. You know, the Lord said to us that there was going to be a revealing of the truth, that there were going to be things that were coming out. And what our job is this, is not to be partisan concerning those things, but to want truth. I don't want truth from a Republican standpoint. I don't want truth from a Democratic standpoint. I want truth. Whether I'm a Democrat or a Republican, I want truth. You understand? Because, because that's the key, all right? Rather, rather I am, uh, you know, for something or against it, I want the truth in that situation because the truth is what makes you free. It's what keeps you free. And this is so important, and the reason that I'm saying it is because it's, it's easy to begin to get into a cycle of drudgery you know, where, you know, and you start thinking that everybody's lying and everybody's this and everybody's that. Well, everybody's not. And the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy about the days I believe that we're living in. And he said, these are the things that you're going to see. He said, you're going, you know, people are not going to, there's going to be people that don't want the truth. Uh, He said, there's going to be all these other things going on. And he said, but here's the answer. He said, you preach the word. And you be instant in season and out of season. And like I heard Brother Hagin say all those years ago, when somebody said, what are we going to do, Brother Hagin, about this and that and the other? And he said, well, we're just going to act like the word's true. And so we're just going to act like the word's true and keep believing God. We're going to fill the house. 
We're going to cover Arkansas. We're going to reach our city. We're going to raise up a distribution center of the Word of Faith, producing life, city, state, nation, and world. Uh, we're going to plant churches. We're going to graduate students from our Bible school. We're going to keep doing what God says to do. We're going to keep laying hands on the sick. We're going to keep casting out devils. We're going to see the victory of God in the lives of God's people and in the world. We're going we're gonna to see souls saved. We're going to see people filled with the Holy Spirit because that is the plan of God for his church. And uh, uh, the gates of hell will not prevail against that church. Amen? And so we're continuing with the power in the word. And uh, I won't take a lot of time to recap, but we've made some statements over the course of this series. And we talked about how, uh, you know, there are many people that believe that where Christians concerned, prayer is the most important thing. Uh, praise and worship, fasting, laying on of hands, these different things. And we made the statement that the single most important thing in the life of a believer is simply the Word of God. All right? It's simply the Word of God. The power of the Word is what can produce effective change in any area of the believer's life. All right? The power of the Word of God. Uh, you can't renew the mind through prayer. You cannot renew the mind through worship. You cannot renew the mind through the laying on of hands. You can't renew the mind through fasting. It requires the Word to renew the mind. And we told the story about how Brother Hagin had deliverance meetings and loosening meetings and getting free meetings. And uh, he said after all that deliverance and loosening and getting free, he said if, uh, if it made any difference in the lives of the people I was pastoring, I couldn't tell it. And he said he went to the Lord and he asked the Lord, what about this? And the Lord said, you're trying to do through the laying on of hands what only the Word can do. All right, you're trying to do through the laying on of hands what only the Word can do. We're not minimizing laying on of hands. All right, it's one of the foundational doctrines of the church found in uh, Hebrews 6. As a matter of fact, Hebrews 6 says it's one of the foundational doctrines of Christ. Uh, but the point that I'm making is that won't renew your mind. Amen. That won't renew your mind. Brother Hagin said, I found over the many years of ministry that most people's problems stem not from demons, but from having unrenewed minds. Having unrenewed minds. The work of the Christian life is renewing your mind. The work of the Christian life is renewing your mind because it's a constant process. When you were born again, your spirit was immediately changed into the image of God. Uh, the Bible says you became a new creature. And we've, we've, we've taught on this over the years, and we'll make the statement that, you know, when it says you became a new creature, well, when you looked in the mirror, you didn't look any different. Your hair wasn't a different color. You had not changed eye color, all right? So we realize, you know, it's an oversimplification to say that your outward man is not what changed, all right? We know it was our spirit, but there's the third there's the second part of man, the soul. That is the mind, the will, and the emotions. So your spirit was instantly born again, instantly made a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things passed away. All things became new. All right? And then you had your mind, and you have your mind that is constantly being renewed. 
All right, and here's the thing. As you renew the mind, you keep the mind in check. As you renew your mind, you keep your mind in check. Your mind is not just running off because you've renewed your mind. You're renewing your mind. You're, you're uh, uh, according to what the apostle Peter said, you are girding up the loins of your mind. All right? Amen. You're, you're, putting, you're putting a restraint on your mind. How? By renewing it. By renewing your mind. All right? You keep your mind in check. And then as you keep your mind in check, all right, the body follows under the, the authority of the spirit and not under the authority of my feelings and not under the authority of what I see and not under the authority of what I think in an unrenewed state. Oh, hallelujah. Because it's a constant process. That's the work of the Christian life. Right, the whole process of maturity in the natural is a renewing of the mind. The whole process of maturity is a renewing of the mind. Amen. Every phase of physical development of a natural child is the renewing of the mind. All right, they, they had to go from, from a state where all they did was cry to get what they wanted to having to learn how to ask for what they wanted to having to, amen, to, to eventually growing up and, and learning they had to work for what they wanted. It's a constant renewal of the mind. It's the same way with the believer. It's a constant process of renewing the mind. That, that, amen. And as I renew the mind, as I renew the mind, then there are things that begin to be in the control of my spirit because I am renewing my mind. In James 1, 21, we've read this a number of times, but he said, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word that's able to save your souls. Now, I've talked about this and asked the question, when you look at this, he says, lay apart all filthiness and a superfluity of naughtiness, all right, wickedness, or, it, the, well, the word superfluity means abundance, and then it says naughtiness, which is wickedness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word that's able to save your soul. Why would you have to write to believers and tell them not to allow an outgrowth of wickedness in their life? See, this is important. Because they needed to have their minds renewed. They, they, they were, we could say, carnal Christians. And they needed to have their mind renewed to the things of God. Amen. And, he, and he's writing to believers. And notice, he said, do that, lay that aside, and receive with meekness, receive with humility the engrafted word that's able to save your soul. If you're going to renew your mind, you've got to humble yourself. And here's where you've got to humble yourself. You've got to humble yourself and realize you don't know everything. Nobody knows everything. There are people that think they know everything, and they just show how much they don't know. Because nobody knows everything. 
I don't know all there is to know about any situation or any circumstance. I was talking with a, a, a person the other day and talking about some things that they were going through and helping them, uh, uh, counseling them about some things. And on a couple of different occasions in that conversation, I had to say, now, I don't know everything about this, but this has been my experience. Amen. If you humble yourself and say, I need to receive the word, that's how you receive the word. Is through humility. If you want to renew your mind, you've got to be humble about it. You, amen. And, and humility is willing to learn. Humility is willing to say, I don't know, and I need to learn this. Amen. And then he said the engrafted word, the implanted word, it's the word that's implanted either by your own personal time of getting the word in your heart or by someone else teaching and preaching the word and getting it implanted into your spirit. But it requires you saying, okay, this is what I need to change. This is how I'm going to change it. I'm going to renew my mind. Oh, hallelujah. So he says it's able to save your soul. Receive the word that's able to save your soul. That word means to be able to have power to be able to do something. Now, this is important because it's telling you that the word's able to do this. Amen. It's, it's high time in church that we quit shouting about the power of the word and realize the power that the word says it has, it really has. And it will really do what it says it will do. See, in the word is that ability. In the word is that power. Amen. And it says it has this ability to renew our minds or save our soul. That's the power that the word exerts in the life of the believer. When you hear the word, when you read the word, you're partaking of the power of God. It has the power to save your soul. In, in uh, the book of Hebrews chapter 1 and beginning at verse 1, the writer of Hebrews says, God, who at sundry times, oh hallelujah, and in different manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Now notice, upholding all things by the word of his power. The Weiss Bible says he is sustaining, guiding, and propelling all things by the word of his power. By the word of his power. When they use the, 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 the English word, their word, in the Greek, that's the word rhema, R-H-E-M-A. And it simply means something spoken or a command, a spoken word. This is so important because we, we learned uh, a couple weeks ago that Jesus is the living word. Notice the living word spoke a verbal command. All right? 
the lit, so we could say it this way. He, in last days, he's spoken unto us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and up holding all things by the spoken word of his power. By the spoken word of his power. Now, in our circles, we, we know a lot about speaking. All right, we're speaking the word, confessing the word, declaring the word. Amen. But the thing that we have to come to understand even more clearly and concisely is that when we declare the word, we speak the word, we're not getting what we want because we're confessing the word. We're getting what we want because as we confess, we're releasing the power that's in the word. Amen. If you don't speak the word, you never release the power of the word. If, if you don't ingest the word, you never, inha- you never intake the power of the word. I have to put it in my eyes and put it in my ears and get it out of my mouth. We, we've talked about this a number of times over the years, that the heart is the combustion chamber, that when you put the word in your heart, there's where it is mixed by your tongue with faith. And faith is what changes the circumstance. But you don't have the power of God in your life till you release it through the avenue of your words. So the spoken word, he's upholding all things by the spoken word of his power. The spoken word. We know in Genesis 1.1, it says, in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That word there for God is the word Elohim, E-L-O-H-I-M, Elohim. Always in the plural, always in the plural, referencing the Godhead, all right? So he's saying that the Godhead created. And then John chapter 1, we'll go over there, but John chapter 1 lets us know which member of the Godhead was creating. Now, remember that Hebrews says, referencing Jesus, that he is upholding all things by the spoken word of his power. So John lets us know here in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. The Amplified Bible says all things were made and came into existence through him, and without him was not even one thing made that has come into being. So the verbal command that the living word spoke contained the creative power that was in the living word. The verbal command that the living word spoke contained the creative power that was in the living word. The living word, Christ. The word spoken created all that we see created in the book of Genesis. So everything that you see created, the word spoken created it. And not only did the word create all that we see, according to Hebrews and other scriptures, It sustains it until this day. Amen. The earth is roughly 93 million miles away from the sun. 
It's nearly 300,000 miles away from the moon. Hallelujah. It, it rotates at the perfect angle as to receive the benefit from both of them. Amen. People will say, well, you know, uh, uh, the earth is just hanging out in space on nothing. No, it's not. It's hanging on the spoken word of power that Jesus spoke. And when he spoke it, the, the earth will remain right where it's at because the word cannot fail. The word cannot weaken. The word cannot be undermined. You understand? And that's why the earth is rotating at the perfect number of rotations per minute, per hour, per day. Amen. All of the planets are in their proper orbit. Amen. Our sun, our moon is in the proper orbit. It will stay in the proper orbit. Why? Because you cannot change the power of the word. What you get by the word, the word sustains. Amen. If, if you get, the Lord helped me with this one time. If you get a house by the word, the word will help you keep it. You will never have to worry about how you're going to have the upkeep of that house. The word will keep that house for you. Why? Because the word gave it to you. Anything the word gives you, the word is perfectly supplied to help you keep it. And it will. Glory to God. It's important because what you get from the Word, the Word sustains. What the Word creates, the Word sustains. Pastor Michelle used to say about our lives, she'd say, we are Word-built. She'd say, Philip and I are Word-built, and we are Word-built. Everything we have came from the Word. Everything in our lives came from the Word. If it came from the Word, the Word will sustain it because he spoke the word now ever how long ago you believe that the earth was created there are people that look at genesis chapter one and they say it was a little over six thousand years ago there are other people that say it was millions of years ago it's irrelevant to me here's what i know that ever how many million or a thousand of years ago it was if it was over six thousand years ago Jesus spoke a word over 6,000 years ago, and the earth and the planets and the world is still doing what he told it to do over 6,000 years ago. Glory to God. And if you believe it was millions, well, there you go. He, uh, he spoke that word millions of years ago, and it's still responding to that word. Glory to God. Think about that. All those years ago, when, when God spoke to mankind and said, be fruitful and multiply, Jesus spoke to them. The Word spoke to them and said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Amen. And set that process in motion. That's still the process that's going on today. Because the, what the Word creates, the Word sustains. Glory to God. In the book of Colossians, chapter 1. And that's something you have to grasp and hold tight to. It says in verse 16 of Colossians 1, 
For by him, the word, by Christ, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth. Now, the word in earth there is on earth. That's going to be very important in a moment. Visible and invisible, so visible things on the earth and invisible things on the earth, whether they be thrones on the earth or dominions on the earth or principalities on the earth or powers on the earth, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. One translation says all things depend on him for their existence. Another says all things have held together by him. So what the word creates, the word sustains. Everything is dependent upon the word for their existence. Understand this. Everything in your life is dependent on the word for its existence. Your finances are dependent upon the word for their existence. Your health is dependent upon the word for its existence. Everything, what the word creates, the word will sustain. When you begin to prosper by the word of God, the word of God will begin to create wealth, and it will keep creating wealth, and it will sustain your wealth. Everything in my life, everything in our life, is dependent upon the word for its existence. Everything that was created is maintained in its present state by the word. This is the power that's in the word. That's why as you begin to renew your mind according to the Word of God and you continue to do that and you continue to put the Word of God in your heart and continue to put it in your eyes and continue to put it in your ears and continue to let it come out of your mouth, it consistently, constantly is renewing your mind every day. Every day your mind's being renewed. Every day your mind is being renewed. Why? That's the process of the Word. That's the ability that is within the Word. So he said, we said, when he said in earth, rather these things are in earth, it's the word, it's the phrase on earth. Anything on earth, things that are in heaven and that are on earth, rather they're visible, invisible, thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, amen. What does that mean? If it's on the earth, it'll respond to the word. If it's on the earth, it will respond to the word. Oh, hallelujah. No matter what it may be. The, the scripture that the Lord's had me going back to a lot here recently is the scripture in the book of Isaiah. And it said, ask me concerning the sons of men and it said, and concerning the works of my hands, command you me. I've been going back to that scripture a lot lately. He said, ask me concerning the works of my hands, command ye me. Hallelujah. Why? If it's on the earth, it'll respond to the word. Now, this is how the Holy Spirit's been showing me this. In, in the deepest molecular structure of whatever, of everything on earth, let me put it that way, is this 
if we could say it, this innate, I don't know if it desires the right word, but it must respond to the word. Because at its base cellular structure, and we're talking spiritually, it was created by the word. The word is the parent of all things. Hallelujah. And, and if, if it's on the earth, it will respond to the word. And that's why when you speak to your finances, now let me, let me uh, uh, put a disclaimer here, and you're doing what you need to be doing. You're not trying to live above your means. You're budgeting your funds. You're doing the right thing with your money. Amen. You're, you're giving, you're tithing, you're sowing seed. When you start talking to your finances, finances are on the earth. And they have to respond to the word that you're speaking. They have to. They have to. Amen. That's why in, in the book of Hebrews, it says, uh, it says not to let go of your faith, not to let go of what you believe that has great recompense of reward, great recompense of reward. Amen. And I thought it was interesting. I heard Rick Renner teaching on that, and he made the statement. He said, and I won't go into all that he went into, but he said that phrase, great recompense of reward. Amen. That, that, that is a Greek word, mythopodosa. And it's where we get our word podiatrist, which is a foot doctor. And he said, in the Greek, here's what it means, is that money has feet and it's running to you. Amen. Amen. So when you, when you say, money cometh to me now, you're not just confessing. You're saying what's happening. It's truly happening. Money is coming to you now. Why? You're speaking the word, and if it's on the earth, it'll respond to the word. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. If it's on the earth, it'll respond to the word. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do you see this? When, when, when you're speaking the word, The power that created everything you see is the power you're speaking with. The Word becomes a living thing when the believer will believe it and speak it. Glory to God. Amen. So if it's on the earth, it'll respond to the Word because the Word created it. And there's a phrase the Lord gave me. If I find it in the Word, you can't stop me from having it. Because everywhere it's at, it'll respond to the Word. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do, do you see that? Because if, if, if it's in the Word, you can't stop me. Because I can call for it, and it's got to come. Because that's the power in the Word. 
Amen. That's how you know things are not only going to get better. That's how you know that this is going to be a year of turning and forward momentum. That's how you know that this is a year when family members are going to come to Christ. That's how you know that the light's going to shine. That's how you know that no matter what is going on, that you're going to have times of refreshing and you are not going to expect to be affected by whatever's going on in the world. Because whatever we need, we can call it, because that's the power in the Word. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. So if I find it in the Word, you can't stop me from having it. Can't stop me. It's, you, you cannot. You cannot stop me from having it. Amen. And, and, and that's in any circumstance that you may be dealing with. Because everything is hardwired to respond to the Word. Amen. Every circumstance that may try to uh, 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 form itself against you to make things difficult, at its core level, it is designed to respond to the Word. Amen. And when you say, no, in the name of Jesus, no weapon formed against me will prosper, then any weapon that's trying to be formed must stop prospering because the Word has been spoken. It has to stop. Amen. It just starts drying up. Why? Because the word that is the life source of everything says you've got to stop. And what the word does is it energizes the things of God in your life and it takes the power away from the things that will try to rob from you. Amen. That, that's, that's powerful because when you get into the word of God and you begin to renew your mind, what happens? The Bible says sin shall not have dominion over you. Well, what changed? What changed? The power source. Sin used to have all the power. But when you got a hold of the word of God, the word became your power source and it actually drained sin of its power to have dominion over you. Glory be to God. Amen. So it empowers what you need and weakens what may try to stop it. Oh, glory to God. In uh, 1 Peter 1, Peter is talking here about the word. 1 Peter 1.23, and he says that we are born again, not of corruptible seed. All right, that means perishable seed, but of incorruptible, imperishable seed by the word of God that lives and abides forever. All flesh is grass, the glory of man as the flower of grass. And notice the grass withereth, the flower of flower fades away, but the word of the Lord endures forever and this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you so the word lives and abides forever that word abides the word lives and abideth forever it means to stay in a given place to continue to endure to be present and it simply means this that what the Word started 
it will keep going. It will continue and it will endure. What the word started, it will keep going. If, God, if the word has started something in your life, it will keep that thing going. That's why we make the statement a lot, whatever you say, let it stay said. Because the word's working, the word works till you stop the miracle action. Whatever I am saying, it will continue to work. It will continue to operate in that circumstance. The Word is a living entity. The Word is a living force. The written Word becomes the living Word when we believe it and speak it. That's important to understand, that the Word is a living entity. It's a living force. It was written down so you could put it in your heart and speak it out of your mouth. The, the, the word is living. And when you put it in your heart and it goes through the mixing process and it comes out of your mouth, it's a living force. It's full of the very energy of God. It's full of the very power of God. It, it always strikes me how people say, well, you know, I'm declaring the word, but nothing's changing. So you're saying the power of God is ineffective against whatever you're dealing with. No, no. Jeremiah 23, 29 says that his word is like a hammer and it breaks into pieces the rock of even the most stubborn resistance. You don't know the person that has spoke the word and the word not change their circumstance. Because it's the very power of God. It's the very power of God. And, and understand, that's part of that thinking that needs to be renewed. That you can speak the word and nothing happen. That you can speak the word and nothing change. No. No, my brother, sister, that's impossible. I mean, it's possible in the sense that if you don't believe it in the first place. But remember we said it's a living thing when the believer will believe it and speak it. Believe it and speak it. Let's look at one last verse here. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 11, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that restless any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now, very often, again, that verse 12 is taken out of its setting and it's quoted as a standalone verse. You know, well, the word, and, and it's quoted like this uh, you know, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword and so on and so forth. But the verse actually starts off with the word for. 
And he's talking about the example of unbelief that we had in the people of Israel. And Hebrews chapter 4 is talking about the people of Israel that they could not enter in because of their unbelief. Verse 6 says, It remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached did not enter in because of unbelief. Well, here's the thing. What did they not believe? What God said. They didn't believe the word. And notice they couldn't enter in because they did not believe the word. Now, why is this important? Because the word that God spoke to the children of Israel would have taken them into the promised land if they would have believed it. Amen. If they would have believed it, it would have taken them into the promised land. You know, the, the giants were, number one, they were not a surprise to God, and they were not an issue to God. He told them, God was right up front. It, it wasn't a surprise, or shouldn't have been. God told them. He said, I'm, I'm taking you into a land, and he said, he, he said about the people of Israel, he said, it's a people that are stronger than you physically, they're mightier than you physically. He said, but I am going to send my angel before you, and he'll drive out the inhabitants of the land. He'll drive out the inhabitants of the land. Now, what would have happened if they would have believed that word? Well, well, number one, it wouldn't have mattered if there were giants in the land. It wouldn't have mattered where they were and what, how big they were. The angel, he said, is going to drive them out. But what did they have to believe? The Word of God. See, the Word would have taken them into the promised land if they would have believed it because the Word is living and powerful. Amen. There's a phrase the Holy Spirit gave me some time ago, and it was just simply this. The Word is what it promises. The Word is what it promises. And you look at anything in the Word as to what it promises that it is, and it is that. The, the Word says he's a, that the Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hallelujah. Here we read that, that the Word is quick and power, or living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword in it. It divides asunder between the soul, the mind, the will, the emotion, and the spirit. In, in other words, you take the Word and you can separate the two. And the soul is no longer in charge because it's being renewed by the mind. Whatever you find in the Word that the Bible says it is, then it is what the Bible says it is. It is what it promises. The Word is effective. It's never ineffective. If, if you're willing to speak the Word, the Word is effective because it contains the power of God. And when you stay with the Word, change is inevitable. It's inevitable because you're, you're staying with the Word. You're renewing your mind. Listen, right now, the, Lord, the Lord's helping me renew my mind in, in seeing things on an even bigger level. 
Amen. I've been asking myself this question over and over again recently. You know, what would it take to properly pastor 500 people? What would it take for our church to properly care for 500 people? Well, that's a mind renewal for me, and guess what? It's a mind renewal for you. And so you got to start renewing your mind about that, just like I've got to start renewing my mind about it. Now, that's just one instance, but I'm telling you, you'll always be renewing your mind. You know, you got to renew your mind to learn how to live without financial worry. You got to renew your mind to learn how to live well and whole. There are people that are so sick so often that they don't know what it's like to have two full months without something going wrong. And they got to renew their mind to that. And when they see somebody that's always healthy and somebody that's always fit and always strong, well, how in the world? How do they do that? How is it they're never sick? you you got to renew your mind. If the Bible says I'm not supposed to be sick, then bless God, I'm not supposed to be sick. So i got to renew my mind to that. It's the same way with our finances. If he said I'll, I'll meet all your need, and he did, according to, or supply, excuse me, supply all your need according to his riches and glory, if that's what he said, the word is what it promises. Glory be to God. Amen. And as you continue that process, you'll see victory after victory after victory after victory after victory after victory after victory. Will there be challenges? Of course there'll be challenges. The enemy, the, listen, the, the, enemy, the enemy fights the word because the word is the highest spiritual law there is, and it governs all natural laws. And the enemy fights the word because he wants to take away that governance out of your life. But if you hold on to it, there's nothing he can do. He can't take it from somebody that won't let it go. When you... The way that the most, listen, the way that you constantly have the presence of God in your life every day is through the Word. You can come out of your study time and say, praise God, I've just been in the presence of the Lord. Well, you have. You've been in the presence of His Word. And when you're in the presence of His Word, you're in the presence of His power. Glory be to God. Isn't the Lord good? Amen. Say it out loud. If I find it in the Word, you can't stop me from having it. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord's good. Amen. Well, let's stand up, everybody.